I'm Amina. And I'm Missy. And we're here, here for, for the, the donuts. donuts. Oh, y'all. We're back. So excited to be back. Mm -hmm. I've actually already laughed so much that my cheeks are (laughs) hurting a little bit. So Mm -hmm. and that's before we even started recording. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I want to give a special shout out to our producer, DJ Obdiggy, for once again, providing us with a uh, what do you it's like a a little a little PlayStation of buttons here for us to be able to play our own sound effects. You probably heard this in our last episode that we put out um, when Game of Thrones was just starting. And um, <laughs> is this where I say I don't watch Game of Thrones? Uh, yes, it is that. I don't know why I thought you watched Game of Thrones. No, I'm not here for that. <laughs> That's a little confusing because that was your voice. We don't have one of me saying I'm not here for that. Never in my life. That's it. That's yours right there. I have not ever in my life seen an episode of Game of Thrones. But can I have an honest moment and say that I think the reason why I thought you were watching is because I get Game of Thrones confused with The Walking Dead all the time. Like real honest truth, because, okay, those of you that watch The Walking Dead know that there's like zombies and stuff. I forget what they call them. Walkers. Mm -hmm. They call them walkers, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, in Game of Thrones... When people die, the there's like an evil person that can turn them into what they call white walkers. So they're similar to the walkers in The Walking Dead, but they're just in ice. They're always like, they can exist in these like really cold temperatures because they did. But there are several mm-hmm. times that the white walkers show up in Game of Thrones that I'm yelling like, Coral, Coral! <laughs> <laughs> Coral! <laughs> That's probably why I thought you watched because you watched The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, um, at the time that the Game of Thrones was just starting um, was the last time we was here. But now we're back, everyone. Mm-hmm. And Missy, you coined a great phrase for our podcast today. <laughs> would, would you share with our listeners what that is? We're a pop-up podcast. Mm-hmm. Why are we a pop-up podcast? Because we record when we want to. <laughs> That's right. We pop up anytime <laughs> we decide. Y'all better watch out. Mm-hmm. So we back here popping up. So hey, everybody. Hello. Today's episode is going to be about late expectations. <sighs> I can't wait to talk about this. It's going to be so great. It's mm-hmm. going to be so great. But as always, first, we want to get into donuts. And because our producer was shading us initially, you know, what we would normally do is basically each episode, we're trying to go to like a different donut place. So when we returned to recording, I'm texting back and forth with Missy, like, where should we go? What should we do? And our producers in the background, like, y'all probably need to start over. I was Mm -mm. like, "Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of shade there because it's been a while since I think he did it because he wanted to go. (laughs) (laughs) He knew where he wanted to go. That's probably right. So we went back to our home-based donut place, Revolution Mm -hmm. Donuts, which is consistently always a good experience. Mm -hmm. I've literally never had, even the donuts that are flavors that I'm not like a fan of the flavor, like I've never had a bad donut there. It wasn't a failure to execute. 
Yes, mm-hmm. that part. So what did you have? I had their new seasonal one, the Honey Time Cornmeal Old Fashioned. Mm. And it was more delicious than I thought it was going to be. I knew it was going to be good because like you said, they never fail. But it was a lot like a biscuit with honey on it and then a little bit of savory. Mm. It was perfect. And I had the carrot cake, which I have to say was a little bit shadowed by the awesomeness of the honey time. Fair. It's a fair <laughs> and point. I think our producer ate most of it. I think you might be right about that because I had a little bit and then I don't remember anything else. Yep. It also had, I, I feel like I had a carrot cake they used to make that mm-hmm. didn't, this one had like some, was it walnuts or something? Mm-hmm. It had like some sort of nut on top. And yeah. I was like, mm. it was new. It was a, mm. a new variation. But it was delicious. I feel good about that. I had the blood orange pistachio, which you also tasted because some donuts we cut into like fourths Mm -hmm. so that we can see what's happening with everything. And I've never had an orangey donut before that I can think about. And I'm I'm a little partial to blood orange just because, I don't know, it just feels like exciting to have a blood orange for whatever reason. But I have to say, that blood orange donut was delicious. It had some little pistachios. or I mean, just mm. a little crunch factor. Yeah. I was here for that. And we split part of the Almond Joy. He's probably out there eating the rest of it right now. Yeah, that's a wrap for that. We're probably not going to see that mm. anymore, to be honest. I have to say the one thing that I really love about Revolution Donuts, as a person who has like a, a low dairy tolerance, is it excited me that they're able to make a filled donut that's dairy free Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of ingenuity to do that because i've been some other places where there's like a replication of a dessert either gluten-free or dairy-free and you're like this is terrible this like you have to have not had this actual dessert Mm -hmm. in a really long time to like this and i just appreciate the custard inside of that almond joy you know i took my whole family gluten-free and dairy-free did you really Mm -hmm. Everybody? Yeah. Wow. They are super pissed. (laughs) And it's been a month. (laughs) Wow. Because, I mean, to go both Uh is like a huge change. You can kind of, you know, make up for some things if you only do one, right? Mm -hmm. But like if you do both Mm -hmm. at the same time, Mm -hmm. whoa. So like what were some of the biggest adjustments of like stuff that y'all would normally have that now you don't? Um, well, they go through some milk. I don't drink milk, like, for fun. Mm -hmm. But my kids will. But they've been sick. Someone in the house has been sick since November, basically. And that's when I was like, I've had enough. We got to cut way back on some shit. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) We got to cut back on some... (laughs) Sorry. Now I got to think ahead about my cussing. My bad. So, <laughs> so gluten was the first one I went to. And because, uh, talking about some late expectations. <laughs> A word. A word. I'm going to be censored at eight minutes and 54 seconds mm-hmm. in. I'm just taking some little notes. Although, <laughs> just just to be for real, a thing that has evolved in my late expectations is... I don't think I really care if we cuss on our podcast. No, I don't care. And if you don't don't care, care, then Mm -hmm. I just feel like maybe we don't need to. (laughs) I mean, it's a fun sound. We can use it for other things. It's a fun sound. But I feel like, you know, sometimes life just, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to drop a good one. Mm -hmm. And we're grown. Yeah. 
And if someone has a problem with it, then they can, you know, deal with it in their own personal times. Mm -hmm. So So, take that. Anyway, cheese. Wow. We go through some cheese. like Which is also pizza. Pounds of cheese. We're still eating pizza. Okay, can still have pizza. Yeah. Okay. But otherwise, like not buying cheese. Uh Uh-huh. I'm just like, I just stopped buying cheese. I bought some goat cheese the second week, which just further pissed them off. Why? It was insulting. They used to eat goat goat cheese back before they were aware of what was cool and what was not cool. They ate goat cheese all the time. So normally like quesadillas is a fast meal. We stopped doing that because the tortillas and the cheese. Oh, that's right. And then some people were getting dairy-free, gluten-free pizza. Mm-hmm. And those people were the most displeased. Because I'm going to tell you what is really going to grind your gears is that vegan cheese. Well, oh. I found a good one. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Because I think we've tried every single one. Mm. And I knew this. Do you know the, I don't know how to say it, Bio Life. Violife. I don't know nothing about that. Tell us more. Okay, they Tell have it more. at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And somebody had told me about it that was from a different state. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we don't know nothing about that over here. So then they came in with the um, aged cheddar slices. And some of my kids were like, I'll tolerate it on a sandwich. Okay. Not eat it by itself, but on a sandwich is fine. Okay. So finally, this weekend, they had the shreds. Mm -hmm. And you know how usually uh, dairy-free cheese is like, it's got that weird dry kind of texture to it. Like, you don't even want to touch it with your fingers. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is not like that. Like, Mm. you could see it through the bag. Like, this looks like real cheese. Mm. And it melted, and it tasted a little bit Velveeta-ish. Okay. Which isn't a bad thing Mm -hmm. when you compare it to all the other... Dairy free because they taste the world. Like I went to Mellow Mushroom when I first started having to not eat dairy, and was like, "Oh, they have a vegan pizza," and mm-hmm. I was like, "This is the worst thing that's ever happened mm-hmm. to me." Just stop eating pizza. No, mm-hmm. I haven't tried it on a pizza. I might try to make a pizza with it. Okay, but uh, we had quesadillas with it yesterday, and while they tried to throw <laughs> some shade, they ate it. Yep, and they said, "You know what? At least you fed us." <laughs> I I I feel a gratitude rising among the children that mm-hmm. we appreciate because yeah. you need to appreciate this because you mm-hmm. ain't got a job. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. it's two people providing for you. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We want we want to see that gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Better give me some gratitude. Please. Oh, These dear. Children. Wow. So Mm, this is like a long-term situation. I think so. Okay. I'm okay with it. Which, which thankfully, Revolution Donuts still can fall in these categories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, somewhat. Mm-hmm. But at least you could get the vegan parts. Yeah. Even if you have a little gluten moment. But maybe you just eat Revolution alone. I do. And you don't share it. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pop-up gluten-free. <laughs> Yeah, I pop up eating gluten when I feel like it because I have a job because I'm an adult. That's right. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. (laughs) Okay. um, What about confessions? You always have confessions. I'm a little embarrassed about this one. (laughs) Well, you know, it's bad if I'm embarrassed to say it, but I will say it. Okay. I'm prepared. I'm ready. Okay. Um, So yesterday we went to the movies. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And um, I already told you this part, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, my my family was like, we're going to go see. <laughs> Even though I just got done saying it, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> my family said, we're going to go see Shazam. Do you want to come? And I said, yes. I love Will Smith. <laughs> I'm not going to lie that it conjured up images of Shaq to me for some reason. Uh-huh. Was there a previous movie, Shazam, that had Shaquille O'Neal in it? Like There was a... Um, he was in a movie. I feel like, yes, because I kept having the same thing. Okay. He was a genie. Yes. And it was Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. So these are... The, you get me. Okay. These are the jumps I'm, I'm my tracking. brain made. Yep, Shazam, mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal, Genie, Aladdin, Will Smith. Mm-hmm. This must be the title of the new Aladdin movie. So I said that. And then, so I got a 13-year-old who is just like a 13-year-old. She's also into like pop culture. And so she said, I didn't know Will Smith was in Shazam. I was like, yeah, all those previews you guys keep watching. And she was like, mm-mm, that's Aladdin. <sighs> and I said, that's not what the new Aladdin movie's called? She was like, no, mom, it's called Aladdin. You know what? <sighs> so then I was like, oh, it's a superhero movie. I might not go. Those are boring to me. But then they said it was funny. So I was like, okay, I'll go. So it's like all last minute. So now we're at this theater. My husband likes to go to the budget theater. And I've never been before because I don't go to I don't go to the movies mm-hmm. when my kids go. And uh, what kind of budget situation is this? It's not a dollar movie. No, but it's, it's like NCG. A... Have you been to one of those? No. It's, it's very NCG. budgety, and I figured out how they made their money. Okay, word. So, sidebar: I had put <laughs> in my bag a mm-hmm. uh, Zevia ginger ale, as one should. They don't have. Yeah, I feel like I'm not robbing from you if if I'm bringing something you don't have. I you I don't have what I need. I want to have organic popcorn. I know you don't have that, so yeah. that's always in my purse. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had that, and then I had those new gummy candies that Whole Foods has. It's made with stevia, so they're like chewy and sweet, but they don't give you diabetes. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> of ice for my ginger ale because it was not refrigerated mm. prior to mm. I didn't know I was going to the movies that day so I was like okay I'll get a bottle of water and a cup of ice that way I'm not like totally cheating plus I got five kids we're, we're getting like $30 worth of candy right she says ma'am we don't have cups like that huh mm-hmm. so I said you don't have cups here and she was like, no, we don't have cups for ice. You got to like order one of these drinks. I said, I don't want to drink. I want a cup of ice. We don't have that. So then I got kind of white girl customer service. Never <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I didn't say that. To be fair. Okay. I did not okay. say that. Mm-hmm. But when my husband walked up, I did say, apparently... <laughs> Apparently, they are physically incapable of putting ice in a cup here. Mm. I really need that apparently added to our. <laughs> I think we need that here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I saw the two girls behind the counter looking at me and I thought, oh, no. 
Okay. They were like, in five, she's going to ask to see the manager for. <laughs> I thought two, about it. It crossed one. my mind. <laughs> my husband was like, baby, you want me to buy you that $4 cup of ice? <laughs> I said, I guess if you want to. Because if you're in, well, you're at a budget theater, so that makes a difference. When you're in a, another type of theater, they have the little Coke machine where you can choose your drink. It has which that. Means yeah. But they were basically saying, we're not going to give you a cup right. unless you right. pay like you was going to use it right. for this drink. Because mm. obviously I'm trying to get a free soda. Oh, dear. While I'm paying $30 for candy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the youth of today. Wow. Wow. People do things like that, though. They'll buy no $30 idea. worth of candy and then try to scam you out of a soda. <sighs> See, I've started doing the hustle game where I'm like, but you didn't know you were going, so what could you do? Mm-hmm. But when I know I'm going, I take a tumbler and fill it with ice Vodka. before I leave. Well, didn't think about that. <laughs> now that you're bringing it up, though. Mm-hmm. Didn't think about that, but that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I normally take a tumbler that you would normally use for tea or coffee, but can be used for cold drinks, too, but I normally don't use mm-hmm. it for that. But for whatever reason, when I go to the movies, I do. And I just fill it up with ice. And then we are those people like. That's what I should have done. Mm-hmm. So for next time, <sighs> mm-hmm. so that you don't have to get involved in this conversation, mm-hmm. you can just put that in your tumbler, put your not cold soda in your bag. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that advice. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's not your confession, though. No, that's my confession. That was your confession? I'm, yes. I'm, I'm actually embarrassed that I got white girl customer service. <laughs> Because I know better. <laughs> and then I did it. Yeah. Okay. And they knew I did it. That was the most shame. It would be different if they were like unaware, but I could tell by the looks on their faces. That they were like, it's coming. She's about to ask mm-hmm. to speak to the manager. Mm-hmm. And that you thought about it, but then you were like, you know what? Nah. Mm-hmm. Nah. Like, I'm not going to get into that. Because I was doing this whole thing, like trying to figure out, are you the manager? And then I looked over <laughs> at the other one. I'm looking like down at their name tags and up at them. You're trying to see like, is your uniform. name tag a different color than the mm-hmm. other Is your people? shirt a different color? You're wearing different shoes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a manager. <sighs> Lord, that's also a youth of today. Mm-hmm. Well, my confession is that um, I've discovered, well, I don't know if it's that I've discovered it, but I think I just need to admit that I'm a hater. And you know how like it was really popular in the 90s and parts of the 2000s to be like, you know, I let my haters be my motivators and to be like, (laughs) hi, haters, you know, as you're succeeding, haters, I hope you're surviving. And I just have to admit, like, I am a hater Hmm. about certain things. I think in part, it's like, I'm a hater about things that don't benefit me until they benefit me. Mm. So like, like I'm hating on people that's rich till I get rich. (laughs) (laughs) like i'm driving through their neighborhoods like oh rich just snooty people just so disconnected from life until i move into the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and then i'm like this neighborhood is amazing i love a gated community Mm -hmm. you know so i'm sort of like a fair weather hater i feel like i like to hate upon things that i don't have until i have them and then when i have them i'm like Hate on haters. <laughs> Hate on as I rise. <laughs> well, we're here now. 
So that's my confession, people. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what I hate on people for. I don't know what I hate on people for. I'm trying to I was trying to think of other examples that I'm just like, I'm just hating on that until until I receive whatever it is. Like, I don't think I was hating on people that had KitchenAid mixers before I had one, but I think I was kind of like, it's not that important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to sit on top of your counter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's, it's an appliance. It's I have not... a, I have a hater face. <laughs> what, what is, show me, oh man, the squinty eye. Yes, that's what we and need. And you show your bottom teeth. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good hater face mm-hmm. you did right there. Yeah, and I was hating about that until I got one myself. And I was like, then this thing stays on top of the counter because it is important. And it's heavy. <laughs> that part, <laughs> which, which is the other part about being a hater. <laughs> Haters, if you're listening, <laughs> hi. But also, if you're listening, I understand you. Because part of hating is you don't always have all the facts. You have like a limited amount of facts mm-hmm. about the thing that you might be hating on. And then when you find out the actual facts, you're like... Oh, no, that's right. No, the counter is okay. Because who wants to, like, lift this thing up and down? Like, anytime mm-hmm. people are coming over that I have to move that thing, I'm always afraid I'm going to, like, smash my fingers mm-hmm. underneath it. It's hard on your elbows. Yeah, because it's kind of, like, awkward mm-hmm. to carry as well, which no one's discussing. But we're discussing that. I should I put just... some handles on it. Yeah, because even the part that you're thinking you should carry as a handle is kind of precarious because mm-hmm. your hand might just get, like... Mm-hmm. snatched yep. in the middle of that. Nobody wants that. Mm-mm. So for today's episode, we're talking about late expectations and we have like a few areas of life and maybe we should start by defining like, what does late expectations mean? Like when you hear that phrase, thinking about some of the topics we're going to talk about, like what does it mean to have late expectations? Well, I think... I used to do this really funny thing. I don't know the last time I did it. I might have been like 20. Where like every New Year's Eve, I would think about like, here's what I did last year. Here's what I want to do this year. And in five years. And at some point, I dropped that five. Like I still do the, re- I reflect yeah. every New Year's Eve. Here's what I did. Here's where, what I think I would like to experience in the next year. At some point, I dropped that like five year expectation because I guess it seemed like maybe things shouldn't change that much. Like Mm. I've, I've checked off a lot of the big boxes. And so now my, I've kind of plateaued and I'm going to be stable now. And there've been some really unexpected (laughs) 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 plot twists Mm -hmm. for for this portion of my life that I thought, you know, five years ago, I wouldn't have thought these changes would have happened, but now they have. Mm-hmm. That's what late expectations means to me. I thought I would be more stable now to where there's a lot of upheaval. I think you really put words to that in a good way. Cause that is how it feels to me too. Before we recorded Missy and I were talking about the other phrase that I just want to like shoot darts at is like when people would tell you to least expect things when they'd be like I know you want to get married but you'll fall in love when you least expect it (laughs) oh just relax you'll get pregnant when you least expect it you'll find that job when you least expect it so Mm -hmm. then I'm spending like 
a few years of life trying desperately to least expect something, which is defeating the purpose. Because <laughs> I'm like, I am here least expecting it. You know, whatever, whatever. So like to go into the turn of phrase of what it means to have late expectations, to me also, I definitely thought like this phase of my life would be my more like stable routine period of life and being like, oh no, that's not in, in not in any way. We're not mm-hmm. going to. OK. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what are some areas? We listed a few here, so we'll try to get into discussing as many of them as we can. But what's like one area you can think of in your life that you're experiencing that late expectations upheaval? Uh, well, the first thing I thought of was faith. Mm. Faith is an area which and I think I'm not alone in that. Yeah. And I don't know if I also don't know if. That's like a thing that our generation is is unique to us mm-hmm. just because of what was going on when we were during our formational years. Because I don't really remember my parents going through this or really any of the other people I know that are older than me. Like they've pretty much have never changed mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as their beliefs about God and church and faith. Um, but a lot of us seem to be going through Thank God some people have put words to it, like a deconstruction yes. and then a reconstruction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was really surprising to me. I think partially because um I I had been brought up with in that same vein of faith that my family has that was not so dogmatic and more like um I don't know what the word is, graceful. Mm-hmm. And um and then kind of turned from that and went into a more like black and white, this is the way it is. Like legalistic. Very focused on having all the answers, which is the opposite of faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A word Seems today. so clear now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the mm-hmm. time it felt like, oh, for my faith to be strong, I need to know all the answers, you know? So I feel like we were brought up in this like defending the faith type environment and um, proving your faith by signing up for all the things and being busy for God and things like that. And so now we're, I don't know why, why are we doing that? Cause it's not working well. Maybe that's right. why. Yeah. And it's I, a pretty terrible way to live your life. And I wonder too, if as we got, I feel like when I was younger, I was easy. It was easier for me to accept a black and white way mm-hmm. of viewing life, mm-hmm. like an either or way of viewing life. Are so yeah. Are so limited mm-hmm. that, your ideal is that, well, things either are this way that I know or these things are not this mm-hmm. way based upon the things that I know. And I do, I feel like, I wonder if a part of it also is that as we got older, I was just talking to a friend about this, like as we're getting older, we are watching the marriages that started out like these are the things you do in the beginning of a marriage to be amazing and watching those marriages end in divorce. Mm-hmm. Or watching people who were well get sick and sometimes never get well. So there were these moments mm-hmm. that then became for me like, oh, that's not so black and white. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't have a box. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> that part. <laughs> we don't know. We, literally, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way, like faith wise. I feel like I went through this a little bit in my 20s because I went through like a big church breakup like the church that I went to that I was going to like in college and in my 20s 
just had some really like unhealthy stuff happen. And so in order for me to maintain a healthy faith, I had to leave that place that I loved. And I feel like that was my first time having like a, you know, Mm -hmm. moment faith wise. And then I kind of thought like, I'm coasting along, like I'm good. And for some reason in these last like two or three years, I do feel a much larger upheaval and questioning Mm -hmm. of like the platitudes and different things that I would have felt very comfortable to say or do that I now am like, I question the validity of that. Mm -hmm. And I question what we're really talking about there. What's terrible is going through that with children who are old enough to be aware. Oh, man. (laughs) Because now sometimes they have questions that I don't have answers to. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my answers start with, well, some evangelical Christians (laughs) do this because... And I I don't want to raise them like that. I, I don't know what they're going to turn out to be like, yeah. you know, like they might be very straight laced, conservative and okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't want to like tell them what to believe. I want to give them good boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, so I I find myself answering a lot of questions like that. Yeah, which maybe there's some power in that. Like we've had a couple of moments at our church where our pastors were preaching and acknowledged, hey, this part of the text, we're not really sure. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and that has been a lot of freedom for me mm-hmm. versus being in some other situations where like somebody's preaching to you like they're certain, right. like they were certainly there standing mm-hmm. next to Jesus, Moses, mm-hmm. Deborah, whoever, you mm-hmm. know. And just to hear someone say, like, some scholars believe these mm-hmm. things, but technically, like, we don't know. We're not sure. And that kind of helps me to be like, Whew, okay. There's also some CYA in that, because I do that as a midwife. When somebody's <laughs> like, what should I do for this? I'll say, well, some people. <laughs> some people do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other people don't feel that you should do that. So they do this. So what you would can, you like to do? Yeah, you can think about those things and decide. <laughs> I take with, that angle with my kids too. without me prescribing to you a thing oh, in I case it doesn't pressure. go well. I do not want that pressure. <laughs> you just, y'all just do what you want to, please. <laughs> okay, another area that we talked about. Well, before we get off faith, I also want to mm-hmm. talk about. Okay, this is. Well, I was about to say this is a simple one, but is anything simple? Okay, like one thing that I would say is is being deconstructed in my faith is thinking of God as only masculine. Yeah. I was confronted with that recently too. And not that I don't believe God has some masculine qualities. If like people are made, you know, for those of us who believe that people are made in the image of God, right. Mm -hmm. If like, you know, you and I are both coming from like a Christian context. So that would be like foundational to what we would believe. But I think the more like I, a enjoy being a woman and B like, I know that's a central part of your work too. Like Mm -hmm. we're both doing work that we hope is empowering to women and is reminding women of like the dignity and honor that they have, that their bodies have all those things that their voice has, their leadership, everything. So like the more I start thinking about that, I'm just like, I don't know that I want to always refer to God in a male pronoun. Mm -hmm. And that deconstruction's strange. (laughs) Like when you've grown up with only that, it's like strange. I'm like, what would happen if I like hauled off in a prayer and was just like, you know, we thank God for the ways that she provides for us. What you say, girl? (laughs) What you say? (laughs) 
like it's gonna be some some eyes open in the prayer. I know, that's like, right. I'd be like, up, like one hmm? eye open. Hmm? What's she talking about? What's everybody else doing about hmm? this? Looking around. Hmm? <laughs> like I feel like even now when I write poems about God, I haven't gotten to the point that a female pronoun of God is coming out in the piece, mm-hmm. but I've gotten to the point where like I have no pronoun for God. I just leave God without a pronoun. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel more and more that's going to just like lean itself over. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then in a way, I'm going to becoming someone. I'm, I'll, I will be becoming someone that I didn't imagine I'd become because when mm-hmm. I was in college, you know, going to an all black, all female school, there were women all around campus and we had opportunities to pray where they would just be like, Mother God, we thank you. And for my upbringing, that was like, <gasps> Ooh, mm-hmm. we don't do you know, like I'd be like freaked out. Now I'm like, I might become those people. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to like deconstruct and reconstruct that. Mm-hmm. In some well, ways. if you think about it, though, you know, like there there are scriptures about um, like breastfeeding. Yes. To your point, though, there are references like in a Christian context, in what in the Bible, in what is our spiritual text, there are references there of God referring to God's self mm-hmm. in feminine ways. Yes. Like of of breastfeeding children, mm-hmm. of of brooding mm-hmm. over children or over offspring. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are these different references there that I'm like, but I mean, maybe God trying to say like, I can't, I'm not the things that you, I'm not the things that the patriarchy or just mm-hmm. humanity wants to like make mm-hmm. me out to be. Like I'm the things I say I am. Right. You know? Yeah. Her. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever she says she is. Okay. <laughs> Other areas that you're experiencing the late expectations. I want to talk about family. Like, how how is that an area where you're experiencing upheaval in a way that you didn't expect well i don't know if this is like just unique to my husband and i but like yesterday or saturday uh there was a car wash and i had signed him up to go with my daughter to do the car wash's band fundraiser um because i was busy during that time and he was like, I got to go. I got to talk to all these other parents. And I got to think about how, like, they look like parents and I don't look like parent. And, you know, it's going to be weird. And I feel like I'm supposed to look like them, but I don't look like them, you know, kind of thing. And I have some friends that are kind of in the same, I don't know. I don't know what you call me. <laughs> I don't know what culture I am, but they're the same as me. Okay. And we don't look like... You know, like normally when I tell somebody I have kids, they're like, you have kids? And I say, I have five kids. They're like, you have five kids? Like, they don't believe me until they see the children. Because there's like know? a mode that they're, there's a mode that they think a woman who looks like you, mm-hmm. there's a mode you're supposed to be in. Like mm-hmm. how you're supposed to dress, mm-hmm. how your hair is supposed to be, like yeah. those things. Okay. And ideas about like, you're supposed to say no about these things. And you're supposed to say yes about these things. And then when I think about them critically, though, I'm like, but Why? Why is that an automatic no? You know, if obviously things that are going to hurt your child or whatever. Sure, sure. But there, you know, just like certain things that you're, you're, you thought all this time that you were supposed to say no to or not allow or whatever, 
my family's not fitting that mold. I'm incredibly proud of all my kids. And um, we're getting some areas of parenting right. <laughs> not all of them. Some of sure. them we suck at. But um, it doesn't look anything like I thought it would. Mm. You know, just doesn't at all. Like my my total expectation has had to shift. Yeah. And maybe my expectations were too high. Mm. That's probably what it was. And maybe were they not giving you like enough like grace Mm -hmm. for yourself Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. like the bar was so high when were you going to be able to have grace for yourself to just like be a human being that's a parent right yeah yeah that makes sense I think one of the ways the family parts are shifting for me is the relationship I find I'm having to my parents and some Mm -hmm. of my friends Mm -hmm. having to their parents and where for some of my friends that's becoming like a caretaker and I don't think I expected that we'd be taking care of our parents like this young. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it makes like, when I, when I think about my grandparents and the age my parents must have been when they started taking care of their parents, I'm like, well, we're not far off, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's still a part of me that just like my parents remain in whatever that age they were that just feels like invincible, mm-hmm. doesn't get sick, doesn't need me to look out for this or that, you know? Right. And having friends who are my in like in our same age group that are dealing with parents already being diagnosed with Alzheimer's Oof. or dementia. Um, That's rough. Like having parents that just physically are not able to do certain things anymore. So they're able to maybe live on their own, but like now that's the time quotient for you of like how close you need to live to them now or how much you need to check on them and make Mm -hmm. sure, you know, they're doing certain things. And some of it could just be, I know in my case, probably like just over concern sometimes. Cause you know, if my mom comes over to our house and then she's driving home at 11, I'm like, you better text me. (laughs) You better text me as soon as you get home. Like text me when you get home, you inside and the door is locked. (laughs) And then if like an hour goes by, I'm like, you can't text somebody. Mm -hmm. Let somebody know you're, you know, so it's like this strange, like, you're turning into yep. you're saying things your parents said to you but mm-hmm. like your parents are grown <laughs> right but I'm like giving you that you were supposed to let us know and you didn't let us know <laughs> and I, I don't want you lifting that <laughs> <laughs> it's too heavy for you you shouldn't have been lifting that why did you move that table by yourself you know mm-hmm. stuff so that's a thing that I'm like oh I didn't realize I was going to be taking on some responsibility for my my parents or my grandparents, just like that caretaking role. And for some people that have kids and like you're feeling that caretaking role on both sides then because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I have younger people here. I'm raising them, take care of them. But now I'm kind of doing a little bit of caretaking of my parents. Mm-hmm. And that has its own like scary. Yeah. Scary it's a lot stuff. of work. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, where am I supposed to be? Where Like, I think we're in like a middle life and mm-hmm. I didn't think this was middle life. I thought middle mm-hmm. life was like mm-hmm. in your 50s. Yeah. But this kind of feels like middle life. It feels life. like it. Does yeah. it feel like that to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, bless. What are other things? Other upheaval things? Bras. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, I feel like I went through, uh, you know, when you first start. So there's like two phases that I think repeat in your life. Mm-hmm. And so the first phase is like the training bra, 
soft, not much support. Like you just got to have something on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then after that, you get into the more structured bra, Victoria's Secret, lace, pretty, support. Mm -hmm. I went through that phase. And then I feel like in my 30s, I went back to the... <laughs> I think I may have actually purchased <laughs> confessions. <laughs> what was intended to be a training bra for somebody. Okay. But I was wearing it like a regular bra. Are you saying that your breasts return to a point where they need to be like retrained? Yes. Okay. <gasps> I didn't know that until mm. you said it, but that must be what happened. So I went back to the training bra. Maybe I needed to be retrained. <laughs> actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. I went back to the training bra. Okay. For a while. And now I have moved back into structured support. I cannot do Victoria's Secret. I couldn't even get, like, my arms into that bra Girl. the other day. I, I went because I was near a Victoria's Secret, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, let me try. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's not, not so happening. Much. No. I have been brand loyal to Victoria's Secret as it relates to bras. And I just to have an honest conversation with our listeners, I have been brand loyal because I have like very showy nipples and I just have not found. <laughs> Confessions. <laughs> I haven't found another bra brand that gives me the coverage mm. that like covers over my showy nipple situation mm -hmm. but i feel like i'm also reaching a cup size the victoria's yeah. secret is they trying but they mm -hmm. can't like normally this would have been where you would have gone to frederick's mm -hmm. like when frederick's was still around yeah. you'd have gone to them because frederick's sort of to me almost catered more to like a curvy woman's mm -hmm. body in all mm -hmm. ways like in bras if you wanted lingerie it's just like they had less like pastels yeah. and you know just it was like some leopard and some leather was right. over there and yeah. that just felt like that's my woman stuff okay mm -hmm. but I feel like I need to do a different thing because not only do I need to support these things on the front but there's like there's some folds of back yep <laughs> there's some back folds I discovered this was a thing mm -hmm. when I went recently to try on bras okay and figure out, like, okay, so now that I'm not buying a small, medium, large, like, these are not sized that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's numbers and letters involved here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I got to figure out, like, what size am I? Like, things like that was not the size I thought I was. The same. Of course, I had, like, same. 12 bras in that size. And then I get in there. I'm like, nope. Oh, dear. So, did you wait? Did they measure you, or no, you went in? Why uh -uh. didn't you let them measure you? There was no one there to. I was in Coles. There was no one there to measure oh, me. Oh, they weren't going to do when that. When I went okay. into Victoria's Secret, that little girl didn't know nothing about. Come on, that little girl. <laughs> she didn't know nothing. When I described to her what I wanted, she said, "I think you're describing a sports bra." <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, she didn't know nothing. Mm. So I left. And then when I went in Kohl's, there was nobody there to help me, which I kind of preferred after that Victoria's Secret experience. Yeah. Just let me work this out by myself. So I did figure out what size I was. Mm -hmm. and But I kept seeing like these on on like the tag. It was like talking about like smoothing your back. And I was like, what are huh? they talking about? 
what's happening here. But it's a thing. They wow. Got, they got bras out there that do that. What? Mm-hmm. Maiden form. Come on, maiden form. Because listen, like, I feel like the bras I get from Victoria's Secret is like... They're cutting you. They respect me on the front. Mm-hmm. But then my back folds are back there. I feel like sometimes they tell in my business because mm-hmm. it's like the strap will land right in between yep. some back folds. And now it's like you got a fold coming you got off back the top. boobies. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I only want to have boobies on the front. Yes. Nobody please. asked you. Only boobies on the front. To give me boobies on the back. <laughs> like, I don't need that in my life. Like, I don't need it. <laughs> Un- Acceptable. <laughs> this is like really setting me free because for the first time, I'm thinking about trying an online company to do this because a friend of mine said that she tried this company, Third Love, who obviously wants to sponsor us. And um, basically she said the reason why their bras work is because it's not just about like the band and the cup size it's also about the shape of breast mm-hmm. that you have. So like mm-hmm. they're asking you, like, do you have teardrops? Which direction do they go when you mm-hmm. lay down? Like, do they come up? Do they go down? Do they go to the side? Mm-hmm. Like they ask all these other questions that might help you hmm. find a bra that works for you. So that was going to be my next level of discoveries. But but to your point, did I have this much conversation about a bra 10 years ago? No. Mm-mm. I thought that I would arrive at a point of life and just sail on and wear that same mm-hmm. size forever. And no, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, right back to it. <sighs> Retraining bra. Wow. Thank you. I did um, three different instances this week. Find myself braless in mixed company. <laughs> now <laughs> and given zero. <laughs> no. I thought, well, here I am. And here we are. <laughs> I mean, me and my homies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, were you accidentally having some company you didn't know, or were you like, no? Or were you like, I knew these people were going to be around, yep. and I mm-hmm. just don't, I don't care about mm-hmm. this. Yep. Yeah, I knew it. I weighed the balance. Mm. Is, do I want to put a bra on for this? No, I don't. I will say, you know, as as we are smashing the patriarchy more and more, Matt and I were driving down the street the other day and this man like walked out of his house to check his mail and he's wearing a button button down shirt, but it's totally unbuttoned and his chest is just out. And I said to Matt, I said, you know, even if I end up being like 70 years old, when the world gets to a point where a woman could walk out of her house in that exact same outfit and not have to worry about being like sexualized mm-hmm. or, you know, cat called or whatever. When like we could literally do that same thing with our chests. I feel like a result of that would also be that we could just be brawless a lot mm-hmm. more. Yeah. You know, I'm here for that too. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, I want to talk about career and calling, but I kind of want to talk about friendships first because I feel like that's <laughs> it's related to the bras. It's a little more pressing. <laughs> and it might be related to the bras. <laughs> okay. So, okay. 
if you think about the evolution of friendships in your life, like I'll tell you what I feel like my evolution has been. And then mm-hmm. I want to hear like if this is true to you. Like I feel like when I was in high school, I had like a loose group of girls that not all of us were of equal closeness to each other, but we like sat together in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and there were a couple of us that like hung out outside of school. And then I feel like in college I had a group of girls, you know, and then I got out of college and it's like I have various friends from various sundry points of life that we met, mm-hmm. like maybe a place you lived or a place I worked or like so I don't have like a crew in the same way. And then I do find an upheaval that I'm having is I'm having a hard time sometimes managing new friends or if I have capacity for new friends. Yeah. <laughs> I found myself questioning that the other day. Like we, we have some new friends and I thought, do I want to keep doing this? <laughs> do I want to keep doing this? <laughs> it's just, it's like my, it's, it's like the capacity that I have, like, and maybe it's like the capacity I have to have depthful friendships. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a very limited capacity of how many women I can have a depthful friendship with. I kind of would enjoy having some women friends that like, we just have one thing that we're about. Mm-hmm. Like we always go shopping together. Oh, yeah. And that's like all, like, I don't have to also discuss with you like the deep lessons I'm learning in my life. I can Mm. just like go shopping with you or like there's a program we both watch and we like always talk about that. It's like, I'll have capacity for that. But if that person that I maybe like watch game of Thrones with also wants to be like, but how are you? I'm like, Ooh, girl, I really, Mm -mm. I'd be having like five people I can do that with. (laughs) (laughs) I can't have six. I don't have a space. I did. I, I, Okay, I have a couple of observations. One is just um, global. I have a global observation that the feminine energy is real pissed. That that might not be global. It might be Georgia. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But there there was like a, a good week recently where it was like all my girlfriends were like, we need to get together. We need to go have coffee. We need to go get a massage. Like, everybody needed it mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And then I go to get adjusted, and my chiropractor is like, the energy coming off of you. <laughs> it's like, I want to go cleanse myself now. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I've been getting it all week from everybody else. And then because I work in a field where I work with other women right. only. Right. And I work for women only. Mm-hmm. I kind of hear it like... All throughout that, too. You know, like, people come, I do hour-long appointments, and they sit on a couch. And, you know, you sit on a couch with somebody that's, like, focused on you, and I'm, like, partial therapist. Like, stuff just starts coming out of people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so I feel like there's a little bit of that going on where it just feels, like, real heavy. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're saying, like, there's only a few people I can can go there with for me. Yeah. There's a lot of people going there for themselves with me. Mm-hmm. But there's only a few people that I have that I know, like I can go here with you. And I think part of that is because when the further you go in life, the more you have to unpack. Right. And you don't want to unpack that all over again for somebody. <sighs> yeah. Cause now you don't know. Like, it's like, if you have your trusted people that, you know, can handle you 
unpacking that number one, but number two, that when you open that up, they're like, I do remember you telling me about, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's Mm -hmm. some history there. Mm -hmm. It makes it easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. When, once you get to this, I guess we're in the middle. Uh, Yeah. Mm. It feels like the middle. Um, There's just too, like, there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. And having new relationships means you have to like unload all of that. And do the like, how much can I trust you with dance at that mm-hmm. point? Because I I think maybe there are also more things that I feel I like to hold close to the chest, mm-hmm. you know, the older I get. So I'm also like, only want to talk about that with people that I really, really trust mm-hmm. and that I know would tell me the truth, but that would also like hold in confidence the things I say or, you know, just a certain way they might handle that. And or... People that are going to feel like because I shared that they have to advise me, Mm. you know, like I'm like, I don't necessarily want you to advise me. Sometimes I want to be like, girl, this thing happened and it was terrible. And then I like for my other friend to be like, I know, girl. And then we laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, like you and I text like that Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Where it'll be like, this is terrible. Sends Jif. <laughs> you know, like I want to have that. Yeah. Too. I don't want you to have to advise me on every point. Mm-hmm. Cause some of it you can't fix anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me what to do. I'm just telling you to be like, this is what's going really crazy mm-hmm. right now. And I don't like these damn things going on. Whatever. You know? Yeah. <sighs> I'm glad I'm not the only one about that. I do feel like I have capacity issues where I'm just like, ooh, girl, like I feel like you need me to be like closer friends with you. And I don't know how to tell you that, like, I can't do it. I can't do that. (laughs) So then I just end up being like, I don't know what else to do. So I'll see you next time or whatever. I don't know. Mm. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about jobs. And career. I feel like I want to talk about what upheaval have you experienced? Obviously, you have changed careers. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a big one. Mm -hmm. But what upheaval have you experienced in your expectations of of your work, of the Uh work that you thought you'd be doing or thought you wouldn't be doing? Yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. Well, you know, when we've... So this is like episode 13 again, again. It's like the third time we've recorded. (laughs) Only this time we decided to make this part an afterthought, whereas the last two times it was like the whole thing was about like... I thought I was going to be doing this, and then it turned out I was doing that, and then I did this thing, you know, kind of thing. So I'm, like, rewinding through all of that and trying to hit the highlights. So, um, well, I was a soap maker, and that was just, like, I just did that because I like soap. And then it turned out people wanted to buy my soap, and a lot of people wanted to buy it. And then I sold the business and was like, well, I guess I'll be a midwife now. (laughs) And it turns out not everybody uh, lives that way. And um, I— I don't know why, because I really enjoy it. And I find myself doing this in a lot of different venues in my life. It's Mm -hmm. not just my professional life. And because I am a spiritual person, I would say I'm following the spirit. Mm -hmm. I go where the spirit leads me. And um, so a year ago, the last time we recorded, we were celebrating that I was finally certified, done with all my training, and I joined a group practice and um, 
I don't even know, maybe four months into it, it started to feel to me like, I don't know if this is what I should be doing, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And that's usually how it goes for me. Okay. Where I'm just like, I don't think this is it, but I have no proof. (laughs) (laughs) Except some sort of strange feeling inside of my chest that could be heartburn, but I don't think it is. Not sure. Uh, So I just, usually what I do is I just hold on to it. Mm. And I don't tell anybody and I just think about it. And then like something will happen. And then I'm like, I'm reading too much into it because I have this feeling. Like all kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like I I sat on that for a good two years of the last church we were at. I don't wow. think we should be here. I don't think this is a safe place for us anymore. I don't know why. Until it, you know, and then I finally said it and it was like a whole nother year for my husband to get there mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And I don't know what else to call it other than being led by the spirit. Mm-hmm. And and maybe some level of intuition too. Um, so I was like kind of starting to have that feeling, which was a little terrifying because yeah. all my planning had led up to this safety. It was safe. It felt really safe. And what I was thinking about doing, you know, going out solo practice, all that, the benefits I was leaving behind, this feels unsafe. So after a few months, I started like saying it out loud to some close friends and they were like, well, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> thought, thought that was in the plan anyway. Yeah. Thought that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so then I finally made the leap. And so this year I've been doing solo practice and putting on my big girl britches. And Come on, big girl britches. <sighs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like when I get them on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it turned out to be great. And I really can't think of an instance where I... had this thought of like, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. Maybe I should go do this and that it went bad. It doesn't mean that it's not hard. Right. Sure. Sure. It's hard, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those, those big things, those shifts. Um, so yeah, not where I thought I would be, but I like it. I, I really appreciate you naming like that intuition or that being led by the spirit. Cause I think I also experience that a lot in my, in my body. Like I'll feel like, or sometimes I'll get an inkling of like something's coming, mm-hmm. something's getting ready to change or this, whatever thing, like this is not going to be like that. Like I'll get that feeling like mm-hmm. a year or two sometimes before like any change is going to happen and depending on what it is, you know, sometimes if I'm like, well, that's weird, then I'll just be like, eh, okay, puts that on the shelf. And then like when the time starts to come, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's why I felt that feeling, right. you yeah. know, like it sort of justifies it. Mm-hmm. But in the moment it first comes up, it feels crazy because it feels like, well, why would I do that? Or why right. would I leave that? Like, I don't have any reason to do that. There's no proof. No. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm kind of like career wise, I feel in a spot where I feel, I feel, I feel the urgency of like, things are, things are about to change. I've been feeling that urgency for the past several months, but my tendency is to want to be like, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. What's my strategy? What's the plan for how I, and that sometimes goes against following the spirit, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because the spirit be like, you be having plans, but I be knowing better than your plans, Mm -hmm. girl. So like, Maybe all the time you're spending trying to strategize what I'm going to do, maybe just be there mm-hmm. where you are. And when I when I need to come and get you, I will come and get you. Or when I'm opening the door, like you'll see the door open. 
Yeah. I just don't handle that part as well. <laughs> <laughs> the I don't handle like the spirit dropping me off at school and being uh-huh. like, I'll be back to pick you up. Like I don't handle that. <laughs> I don't handle that well. I'm like, well, when you come back, are you coming back right after school is over? Or like, do I have after school program mm-hmm. first? And like, could you come and get me in the middle of the day? And what am I supposed to eat for lunch? Like I have a lot of <laughs> questions when the spirit drops mm-hmm. me off somewhere. No, I'm okay with being dropped off. Okay. Okay. Be like, well, here we, Here we are. are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a part of this season of my life is to learn uh-huh. to be there. Like I was talking to our pastor at church yesterday and I was just like telling him and our executive pastor, I was telling them both like, these are these things I'm trying to process. And he looked at me and he was like, he's like, that's a good place. You should just stay there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. <laughs> You don't know. Don't know. <laughs> no. It's like, that's not what I want you to tell me. You just stay there. No. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> so trying to practice that rhythm of like, feels the change coming, mm-hmm. which means like, you know, in the context of what you and I believe, in my mind, that means I know God's there in the future. Mm-hmm. Like taking care of whatever the feeling is I'm getting of what the future is going to be. Like God's going to take care of it. So maybe instead of me sitting here and like being super worried mm-hmm. and trying to fix things, maybe I just need to like be where I'm at. Yeah. I do that. Uh, so working as a midwife, it's a very, um, you really can't have any expectations. We don't know when people are going to go into labor. We don't know what's going to happen when they go into labor. One of my students asked me um, the other day, she said, when somebody's pushing, what are you expecting? Like, what's going through your head when somebody starts pushing? Because that's like a big, there's an energy shift when that, you know, like labor's just kind of like going along, going along, going along. And then if you're paying attention to it, the energy in the room shifts mm. right before a woman starts pushing. Mm. And um, often everybody gets quiet. Uh, some people get really uptight, you know, like some people, you know, like her mother or somebody like that is worried or whatever. Um, and, uh, I was like, I'm not expecting anything. And she was like, I could tell by the look on her face, like she was kind of like a little shocked and probably a tiny bit disappointed. <laughs> like I was going to have some really great pearl of wisdom for her there. And I was like, I'm not expecting anything. I don't know. I mean, I think I know what's about to come out, but it could be a number of things could be right. about to happen. And I, it, it. It would lead to more bad outcomes if I expected that everything was going to go right and that this was going to be easy and that, uh, you know, this baby is just going to sail right on out. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think a head's going to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm usually like, we're doing birth at home. I'm, I try to be pretty sure. Right, right, <laughs> right. Baby's coming out head first, but I don't know 100% that hand's not going to be with it or, some cord or, you know, I don't know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Could get halfway out, get stuck. I don't know. And it would be really bad if I expected it to go easy. And that, that I had this like list in my mind of, okay, now this is going to happen and this going to happen, this going to happen, this going to happen. It's very unexpected. And the thing that makes you a good midwife is expecting the unexpected, hmm. which you can't expect the unexpected. That's the irony of it. Mm-hmm. So you just really have to have no expectations mm-hmm. and just be... Prepared for whatever may come. That's a word to me. Because I was about to ask you before you gave that example. I was about to be like, so how you be there and have. (laughs) Yeah. 
and have no expectations. How you be there yeah. and do that? I feel like I approach my life the same way I approach every single birth. Like I get, I've done my best. Like I've brought my crew, I've brought my equipment, I've got all these things, mm-hmm. and I might not need them, but here I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, like literally every birth, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> And uh, honestly, a lot of days I wake up like that. I wonder what's going to happen today. <laughs> and instead of like, I think for some people, there's a a tendency to dread that. Like mm-hmm. they want it. They find safety in knowing exactly what's going to happen. And so Same. part of that is my personality. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not that person. Okay. Like I am very adaptable. Mm-hmm. Like you could drop me off. And do you know? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. I got invited to be on Wife Swap. <gasps> I had to tell it? them no. I had oh, to tell them no. Shoot, that would have been so entertaining. Yeah, they were wanting oh, to man. film between July and October, and I am way too busy then. Yeah, and you can do it. Mm-hmm. Or they would have been coming to a bunch of people's births. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you swap jobs? I mean, how does that work? Where right. am I going to go? Are you going to fly me somewhere? But um, I was thinking... I know they asked me because they're probably looking for people that have like extreme lifestyles Mm -hmm. and you don't have to look at my Instagram feed very far. (laughs) You're like, what's going on with this lady? (laughs) It's like every day, unpredictable. We don't know Mm -hmm. what's about to happen. So um, I know that's why they picked me because I got a bunch of kids. They're probably going to send me somebody that has like one child or no children or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to think like, where would they, because you know, they're looking for drama. Right. Because that's what makes the show good. Yeah. So where would they try to put me? Because mm-hmm. I I fail to find like somewhere that they would put me where I would just be like causing some drama. I'd be like, oh, that's how you do that? I can okay. do that for five days. Yeah. You want me to eat McDonald's for five days? Sure. All right. I'll eat McDonald's for five days. I wouldn't do that at home, but can we do it on TV? Mm-hmm. I'd do it on TV. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they were nudists. I would hesitate, <laughs> and then I would take my clothes off. <laughs> I really cannot. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> I really can. I just can't think of, like, I can't think of a situation they would drop me in that I would be like, no, I'm not doing that. Because it's just for five days. You're like, I could do almost anything. I could be in almost any environment for five days. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's actually interesting hearing you describe this because even though you and Matt have very different personalities, like the there is a part of both of you that can be very like laid back, adaptable mm-hmm. in certain situations. And I I I didn't notice that about you until mm-hmm. you described yourself that way just now and I was like, that is true. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like if it's something about like how like our upbringing makes us be like like part of part of having to move around mm-hmm. a lot as a kid makes you like I could move any place mm-hmm. and like build community there because I've been doing that since I was a child. Yeah. You know, just how it like ingrains in you away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think it's because we moved around a lot. And even when we weren't like moving to different cities, we were moving houses because mm. we had that renter's life, you know. So yeah. it was like, well, getting kicked out, going over here now, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Which means you have a lot of situations that you're not in control of things. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting that turned into like, so because I can't be in control of things, I learned to adapt. I almost think I went the opposite way where I was mm-hmm. also like moving around a lot as a child. But then I think in me, there's something like, well, that means I have to like hold on <laughs> to things, mm-hmm. you know? So it almost turned into me like 
I had these things growing up I couldn't control. So now I'm an adult and I will attempt to control everything about my life and then be sorely disappointed (laughs) that I can't control anything about my life. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to think about the ways we try, even though we can't control it. It's Uh better to be adaptable because bless. Yep. Mm. Okay. It's time for... Cupcake Award! Cupcake yeah! Award! Cupcake Award! <laughs> Cupcake Award! I just guess that's what you were going for. I was going to do... Cupcake Award! We really enjoyed making that one because that might be one of the longer it's ones It's very yet. long, yeah. It's, but I mean, we're trying to celebrate people. I was actually going to go right here. Oh. Someone needs a donut. Because that's typically like a negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's doing a thing. Mm-hmm. That's trouble. Mm -hmm. Do you have a someone needs a donut? Someone needs a donut. No, I don't have one this week. I don't have a single someone needs a donut. I have just one. Okay. So I went to Dallas for work and the organization I was working with put me up in this like, I can only describe it as like a hotel B&B because it kind of had hotel vibes, but then it kind of had like Airbnb vibes. Mm -hmm. It was almost like if one person bought a whole like a little apartment, like a small apartment building, and they changed that into like a hotel. So it kind of felt like a B&B because it was very specific Mm -hmm. to how this person like designed it. But then it was a hotel because like you get a key and all these different things. Anyway, I think that the person who designed this needs a donut (laughs) because, um, first of all, when I went to the room, the room, I almost felt like the person maybe designed it to be too familiar in a way. So it almost felt like if someone invited you to their home and they were still staying in the house, but they let you have the master because oh. when you walked into the room, it was like, you know how normally if like you walk in a hotel, there's like a there's like a decent couch that's there. And then like the beds made, you know, certain things. But there was a little visit area where like the couch was there, but then there was like a little desk and chair. Mm-hmm. And the person almost designed it looking like it looked like your aunt who traveled a lot. It looked like her home. Because it had like all these different things you would assume from her travels masks mm. from, you know her time in Bangkok, you know, mm-hmm. wherever she went. And the desk almost looked creepy. Like your aunt had been there just now and now she's gone and you're staying in her room. Mm. <laughs> and I just want to give the person that designed that a donut so that they can just take a little bit of the creepy elements away from that. Just take the auntie scarf back but her underwear wasn't rolled up on the floor. No, no. That like would have really... Because that is true for, true to form for mm-hmm. an aunt, like a girdle. Mm-hmm. Not 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 the Spanx, mm-hmm. a girdle. Mm-hmm. That I thank you for bringing that up because that would have really been like... Then I would then I think at that point I'd have been like, I just can't stay in here because that's telling me she's like coming back. <laughs> and yeah. like, I don't know when she coming back, mm-hmm. you know? Or like, if she coming back for me... I don't know if she's alive and she coming back. I just have like a lot of questions. So I just think in general, people just try, you know, keep your, your spaces like this feeling like home, but don't make it, don't make it creepy. Mm -hmm. 
That person needs a donut. And anybody that stays there, they also need donuts. Mm-hmm. That's wow. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> you stay a lot of places. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. It was a... Uh, it was an original experience. It was nice. Like the bathroom, the shower, everything was nice. It's just like that initial moment you, I walked in and almost felt like someone's been here. Mm-hmm. Like this is someone's room. And that's like a weird feeling yeah. to feel when you're traveling yeah. somewhere. Like that was kind of strange. But once I just like moved her auntie scarf and moved the pen somewhere else so it could stop looking like she was here journaling in her ghostly hand. <laughs> <laughs> I had my first Airbnb experience last fall. Oh, talk more about it. So there was a conference that I really wanted to go to and I registered. And so I believe I registered for this conference in October. It was to take place in October. I registered in like March. Wow. And then like a couple weeks after registering realized, oh, I'm going to need somewhere to stay because I don't travel uh, by myself ever. (laughs) So this was like an afterthought. Oh, I got to live somewhere. So by that time, so this conference, it was the Evolving Faith Conference. It was the first year and they didn't, I guess they thought like a hundred people were going to come. Yeah. And it sold out in like 20 minutes or something like just boom. And then all those people then ate up all the lodging available uh, because they were aware that they needed a place to stay unlike me. So here I am like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need somewhere to stay. Well, everywhere for the conference was totally booked up and all the surrounding areas. So I got like I kept getting like bumped out further and further and further. So I was like, well, let me try Airbnb. There's probably something close by. So there was a lot of like um, empty houses but I didn't want to go stay in a house by myself in the mountains. Right, Because right. black bears and stuff. Oof, nobody needs a black bear, you understand? Mm-mm. So I don't want to do that. Then I'm going to die and nobody's going to know. So I I guess I signed up for like a group home <laughs> type Airbnb Like experience. a shared? Yes. Okay. But I've I never done this before. I don't, yeah. I, I, I think we're too old for this. <laughs> So, so discuss real quick, like you you get there, you got a room to yourself. Do you have a bathroom to yourself or you're sharing well, the bathroom? First of all, so I booked this in, in late March and now here it is October. And the week before I start getting all these emails from my host, you can park on this side of the driveway, but not this side. And don't do this on the street and that, you know, like that kind of stuff, because I'm going to be in a neighborhood. And I'm like, OK, OK, OK. So then the day before my trip, I get an email I have to leave town for emergency dental surgery, and -and so-and-so will be hosting you. And I was like, well, this is how my murder mystery starts. (laughs) Because now a murderer has taken over this Airbnb, and I'm going to die. And then it becomes apparent to me that other people are going to be staying there, too, because I— um, had emailed and said, well, is somebody else going to be there? And they said, yeah, there's like three or four other people staying at this house, too. And I was like, oh, I see what I did there. Because I, I think I was like in adventure mode when I booked it. Yeah. But by the time it came time for the trip, I was like, I need a break. I don't want to talk to people. Right. I just want to go yeah. and sleep yeah. and think about things and leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But here I've booked myself. And, and she's like, and it looks like another person that's going to the same conference as you is going to be staying there too. And I'm like, <sighs> un. Acceptable. I'm going to have to talk to her. So I get there and it's like 
7 o'clock in the evening. And it turns out the person that is hosting me has a one-year-old who is very fussy. Oh. So I get there. It's a really cool little house in in the mountains. And so there's like a porch that's a shared area. And there's a living room that's a shared area with like books and games. But that feeling of like someone lives here, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. I don't think there was a TV. And then you get your own room. There's no lock on the door. <gasps> wow. Yeah. There were like these old-fashioned doors and like super old doorknobs. Like the whole house was old. Yeah. You could tell, like early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, no lock on the door. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to scoot a chair in front of the door when I sleep. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. And then a shared bathroom for everybody. Wow. Yeah. So there were how many of y'all? Four or Four. five? Four. Yeah. And so and I'm one sitting in bathroom this room for all four of you. Yes. Okay, continue. Mm. So I'm sitting in this room and so we don't have access to the kitchen cuz they're they're going to do breakfast for us every morning and then the other meals are like we're left up to ourselves for that. So I'm sitting in this room at 7 p.m. I got nothing to do. And all I'm doing is sitting there listening to this baby's fussing. Mm-hmm. No. And I was like, well, this sucks. So I went out and found something to do. So then now it's the next morning and it's the first day of the conference. And so like I have pl- I have brought my own car and I have planned like I'm going to drive over there early, check out the book table, you know, get a good seat. Only someone has parked behind me. No. And I I followed the directions that were like park on this side of the driveway. Do not block other guests in, you know, like stuff like that. So like I parked. Nobody else was there. I wouldn't block anybody. Well, somebody parked like directly behind me in a way that I could not get out. Wow. So I'm waiting. I try like texting the host because I can hear her baby fussing, but I nobody has like gotten up and like um, breakfast hadn't been brought out yet. And so finally, like the person that's also staying there, I didn't know how many people were staying there at the time. So the person I, the only other person I knew of was the person that was going to the conference. And so she gets up, gets in the shower. She takes like a 45 minute shower. Oh. And so I'm like waiting for her to get out of the shower. I'm like, it's probably her that blocked me in. It's cool. She's, she's going to the same place I am. She's not going to be late. No, she's like running super late. Uh. So she comes out of the shower. I'm like, Hey, are you blocking me in? And she's like, uh, no, I didn't drive. I was going to see if I could get a ride with you. (laughs) Oh. Like, I don't even know this person. And um, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so who's parked behind me? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> so we end up having to Uber to the conference. Wow. And like sit in the back like that. Kind of, I mean, it was fine. Like yeah, we weren't yeah, like sure. late, but it just wasn't like this like, that's not the life I lead. <laughs> like I don't have a lot of expectations, but when I bring my own car... Um, you know, like if I know I'm going to Uber somewhere, like we've traveled and yes, I've Ubered. Yes. I, knew, I planned on it. I yes. got the Uber driver. I got to where I was going. But it was one thing to like get, wake up and have this expectation and then like, oh, I can't use my car. That right. was weird. Because that's what I brought my car here to do so I could go right. and come when I want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I've had to Uber there and then like getting back was like, a big problem because we're in the mountains and there's not that many Uber drivers. Right. And so we end up waiting like 45 minutes just for somebody to pick us up at the end of the day, you know, so it kind of sucked. But I mean, overall, 
It was cool, I guess, but I would not do that again. Not do like the shared space. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've never done that before. And I was always like scared about it, mm-hmm. nervous about it, which like in this, in your case, your safety, like it worked out, but your comfort, like, right. Nah. Mm. It was too much. So don't get you that for your birthday. N- not a shared Airbnb. <laughs> mm. No, ma'am. Too old for that. Okay, it's time. Cupcake Award. Cupcake Award. Cupcake Award. Cupcake Award. Cupcake Award. For real this time. I did a little dance during that. I really appreciated that. Okay, so um, our Cupcake Award today is going to this woman on season 10 of Naked and Afraid. (laughs) And, oh, Diggy, I'm going to try this. But... If you don't like this, you can just deal cut with this it. out. You can we just pop cut up. this out. No, this is a pop up. You can just be like, I hate that. And I don't want y'all to do this <laughs> anymore. But I was watching and y'all know that it's it's springtime when we're recording this. It's spring, which basically feels like summer other places. <laughs> <laughs> spring for us, but summer to other people. So it's about to be mosquito season. It is mosquito season. Are you already it's getting here? Bit? Yes. Dang, I was hoping it wasn't time for me no, to put on my like, like a week ago. Oh my gosh. It's time. Y'all, this is why I stay inside. I want to tell you about the citronella candles at Dollar General. Let's discuss it. I was surprised I by tips. that on Saturday. Okay, okay. They have them. They have lots of them. Mm. And they say things like, bug off. We love a candle that says mm-hmm. bug off. They got ones that you can hang. Big ones, little ones. And I'm they ready. work. They work. Have you tried them yet? You Not haven't tried yet. them yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need you to do that report mm-hmm. back on an, on okay. another episode so I, I can know what's up. So I want to give this woman, who on this recording is basically um, living outside naked because that's the premise of Naked and Afraid, and she's living in a place uh, during her Naked and Afraid challenge that has mosquitoes. So she deserves our cupcake award for these reasons. Okay, so confessions. <laughs> I cannot stop watching Naked and Afraid. Girl, it's so good. Yeah, the you guys show turned it. So okay, good. you guys turned me on to it, <sighs> but literally no one else gets it. Nobody. Like my friends tried to like take a therapeutic approach with me. They were like, "So why do you think so that you love this show so much?" It's so great. And I'm like, because they are naked in the jungle. They don't know each other. Yes. And they have to survive for three weeks. Yes. That's a long time. Like they have to get food and figure out everything. And I'm eating ice cream while I watch yes, it. Yes. It's the best. They're it's... like, do you think you enjoy watching people suffer? No. No. Maybe a little. Maybe sometimes. But I mean, that's not even what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. So stay on topic, mm-hmm. guys. Like what? I, you yeah. know I love that show. I, it has transformed the way that I uh, look at some things we were, my husband and I were watching a different show and somebody dug up a grub mm-hmm. and I, 
I said, ooh, that's a lot of protein. <laughs> and he doesn't watch Naked and Afraid with me. He like hears me watching it, mm-hmm. you know, like he's usually doing something else. And he just kind of looked at me like you crossed the line. Yeah, I've been I've been walking with Matt like in our neighborhood and been like, that would be good for a shelter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I've killed some animals. Okay, yeah, because we were supposed to talk about mm-hmm. this. So tell me, tell me, tell me um, who you've killed and why. <laughs> See, now you're getting all therapeutic mm-hmm. with me. Tell me, tell me who you killed. How did you feel when you killed mm-hmm. that animal? How was it? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so I, okay, so this raccoon was eating my friend's chickens. Wow. And she was cap- capturing it on like a critter cam, you know, like those yeah. cameras. And um, so she caught it. Dang, I didn't even know raccoons could eat chickens like that. Everything eats chickens. Wow. Rats eat chickens. Man. Everything eats chickens. Wow. Okay. Um, she caught it, took it to another friend of ours who killed it. So I got a text. The raccoon has expired. Oh. And then a raccoon was brought to me. Because I wanted to skin the raccoon. Wow. I just wanted, I don't know why, I wanted to have the hide. I don't know what I was going to do with it, but I wanted it. And so when they said they were going to take care of this thing, I was like, well, let me have it. And then I can have the hide. So I watched some YouTube videos. I was going to say, had you ever skinned an animal? I mean, this is like. I have skinned an animal. Wow. In science class. In high school, I skinned a cat. Y'all skinned a cat in science? We dissected the entire thing. It took weeks. No. We had to, like, baste it in formaldehyde and wrap it back up every time. hmm Wow. The like, brain only did frogs. No, like, we did the whole thing. Wow. Some of them had kitties inside. No! Mm-hmm. Mine didn't. Oh, god. Mine was a boy, so I dissected the scrotum. Wow. This seems like a lot for high school. Mm-hmm. High school? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you had done so this before. So I have skinned an animal before. Mm-hmm. So I thought, mm, can't be that different. It was a lot different. Wow. So I watched these videos, and all of them were about 30 seconds long, okay. and they were all rednecks. <sighs> and they'd be like, okay, I'm going to show you how. Skim a coons. Oh, dear. All of them started like that. No. You, may, you go around the ankles, you do a slit down the middle, and you... <laughs> Nope, nope. And then there was a special tool noises. for the tail. No. And that's how I skim my coon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm I'm watching that. And I'm like, well, they can do it. I can do it. Piece of cake. So you have to hang it from something. You know what? This is getting really out of hand. So I got some um like uh wasn't like rope. It was like was it twine? No, it was better than twine. It was like a cross between twine and rope. Okay. That I just, yeah, I okay. got some twope. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. And you, and there's like this hook thing that hangs down in my garage. I think it's for hanging a bike on. Okay. So I tied it to that. Okay. And um, then I got my butcher knife out of the kitchen. No, no, no. And no, um, I could not even pierce the skin of this coon. What? With this knife, which means that all my backup plans for like somebody breaks into the house and I need to kill them. If I can't puncture the skin of a coon with this knife, I can't stab a person with it. Nope. This was disappointing news. Nope. Mm. So also I had a fever. I was sick. I had like the flu or something. My husband was out of town. The layers of this is just getting 
Uh, and this was years ago. So I had a bunch of little kids. Okay. So I took them all to Walmart with me. This is my first time going in. There's a whole section of hunting stuff in Walmart. Oh, man. In case you didn't know. Hmm. I did not know that. No, I definitely didn't. But they had a bunch of stuff. But I didn't know, like, exactly, like, nothing was labeled for coon skinning. So I bought a, scale, a <laughs> scaling knife, for like, for fish. Mm-hmm. It looked real sharp. Okay. So I bought that, and it it cut right through the coon. So I, like, did the cut down the middle. I did the cut around the ankles at the top. So it was, like, tied up by his back legs. Okay. And you're supposed to just, like, whoop, like, you know, like like you got somebody hanging upside down and you're pulling a turtleneck off of them. You know it's what? supposed to go like the that. The visuals of this are just... <laughs> I don't even know. It did not go like that. So now I'm like two hours in. I have like my fever is getting worse. And like and the like kids blood want dinner everywhere. and stuff. No, there's no blood. Oh, there's no blood? No blood. Mm-mm. Why is there no blood? Because um, you're just cutting through like... I oh, guess, you're like you're almost like on the on the dermis or the epidermis. Yeah, you're not yeah. getting down mm-hmm. into the Yeah, okay. you don't you don't stab enough to get to like an artery. Um so yeah, no there's no blood. They definitely have some scent pouches that you have to avoid because if you hit that and that liquid spills out, it has ruined the whole hide. Learned that. Oh. Yeah. Um didn't hit those. Okay. But I did wind up with a lot of fat on the hide. But it like I had to like stop, put the kids to bed, come back to it. No. Fever's getting worse. Mm-mm. So like I kind of got it off. I couldn't figure out the tail, the tail part. I didn't have that tool that they had, mm-hmm. which might have just been a wrench. I couldn't tell. You know what? No. No. <laughs> I cannot even deal with this. Yeah, I couldn't tell what it was, but I didn't have it. So I got like part of the tail. It was bad. And then there was like a lot of fat and stuff stuck to it. And so on the video, when that happened, they just like scraped it off with this fat scraper, which I, it looked like a cheese slicer. Nope. No. But I don't even have that. Nope. Mm -mm. And so I tried to use the knife, but then it kept like, so now I got holes in my hide and you're not supposed to have holes in your hide. And my fever is getting worse. You know what? And it's like 11 p.m. No. So I'm like, I just lay the thing out. So the thing is still hanging in the garage. Now it's naked. This naked coon is hanging in the garage. And I go sit down at the table. And then the garage door raises. It's like midnight. And here comes your my husband. husband. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> and he just stands in the doorway, like with this look on his face, like, should I be concerned or should I laugh? And what the hell is in the garage? Right. it did not look like a raccoon anymore he was like is that a cat I said no it's a coon I was skinning a coon that's Mm -mm. how I skin my coon Mm -mm. (laughs) so then I had this coon body that I needed to get rid of and I thought it would be really cool to keep the skull oh gosh I feel very concerned about everything right now so you know I used to be a soap maker right and I had sold my business But I'm friends with the person I sold my business to. So Mm -hmm. I said, hey, I need like a lot of lye. And she said, all right. So she gave me a bunch of lye. Mm -hmm. And what lye does is it, um, it's very caustic. Like it'll eat the, it'll eat eat everything right off your bones. But leave your bones. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I feel like I'm in an episode of Breaking Bad, but continue. I saw it on CSI one time. Mm -mm. There was a, a 
a big barrel full of bones no. and some type of like gelatinous liquid. Mm-mm. And I solved the crime way before they did. You know I was what? like, well, no. that was a, obviously a barrel of lye, nope. and they dumped a human body in it, saponified the body. I mean, you've seen like, um, what was that show? That movie? That Fight no. Club. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it did not work. I left it in this bucket of lye and water, and it did not work. So now I had a partially saponified raccoon no. No, in a bucket. No. And no bones. Mm-mm. So you gave up at this point. Yep. I put it in the trash. Okay. <laughs> Were you able to do anything with the... Confessions. I put it in the trash. Were you able to do anything with the hive? No. You, okay. Because flies came and laid eggs in it while I was no! sick in bed. No! Oh, no! I put that in the trash, too. Oh! What you say, girl? <laughs> what you say? What you say? <laughs> No. So the second animal. Wait a second. Because... That I've killed <sighs> numerous times. Okay. Are possums. Okay. They eat my chickens. Um. So you don't skin them though. You just no, kill them. they are vile creatures. Wants... We burn okay. them when they're dead. Okay. We douse them in gasoline and light them on fire. This life. They look like Satan. This life that you're living. See why right they here. wanted me on wife swap? I'm like, I do see now. Because I'm like, wow, this is, wow. Okay. This is like some Discovery Channel type stuff. Yep. Like, y'all could be a family on Discovery Channel for I have um, shot a possum. Wow. With like a real gun or a BB? Uh, a handgun. Wow. And a BB gun. We've used and a BB, BB gun. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've killed a possum with a hoe. One time I poked one with an umbrella, but it didn't die. It just fell off the fence and ran away, oh. which was fine. That's fine with me. I only kill them if they're like persistently trying to get to my livestock. Yeah. Oh, not my livestock. Mm-hmm. Oh, today. Mm-hmm. And I've killed them with a shovel. Because, you know, they lay there and they actually play dead. Wow. That's where we get the phrase. Yeah. Playing possum. Yeah. Wow. They mm-hmm. actually lay there like they are hoping mm-hmm. that you're going to think they're dead and walk away. But then if you like jab them with a shovel real hard, they show you their teeth and kind of hiss at you. And you're like, yeah. No, not the hit. No, Missy. I mm-hmm. can't even deal with this. Mm-hmm. This is like we normally have a confession or a someone needs a donut. And I have no category at all right now. <laughs> I'm like, somebody needs a confession? Like, I don't know what this. Wow. Okay. And then one time. Nuh-uh. Not one time. Mm-hmm. No. I was um, in the bottom of the chicken coop. I I had put these pavers out. Okay. And so I decided I wanted to use them in my garden. Mm-hmm. So I was like using the shovel because the chickens had like all over them. <sighs> mm-hmm. And it, it was like real hard to get. So I had to like use the shovel to like pry it up out of the ground uh-huh. and then make a, put it in the stack. So I'm just minding my own business and I lift one up. There's a whole rat family there. No, 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 no. I, I can't deal with the rat family. You know the I, squeaky toys that they make for cats? Yeah. That is what No. a baby rat sounds like no. when you stab it with nope. a shovel. Nope. Mm-mm. It squeaks just like that. I can't even. That's why they make the toys sound like that. You know that. what? I did not know that. Wow. I'm... There are a lot of revelations to this that are mm-hmm. also very scary for I me. I killed the whole family. Wow. All the babies wow. and the mama and the daddy, they were just, just laying there can't. and I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. Wow. With my shovel. Wow. 
I just. <sighs> wow. Yep. Do you have any parting words you would like to say? We normally do our like donut forget. I mean, do you have donut forget things <laughs> after you've shared this? Do you have some donut forget things you'd like to share with us? Donut forget to walk tall and carry a sharp shovel. Mm, please. Especially around my yard. Copperheads. Mm. No, I kill I, copperheads with that shovel. Wow, I really and the hoe. I I'm gonna go ahead and say, don't forget to just be inside because <laughs> then I feel like a lot of these things you don't have to mm-hmm. encounter this. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, we thank y'all for riding with us, for welcoming us back. Yes, and we have more episodes to come. So don't forget to rate us because we love a great rating. Oh, yes. Please do that. And uh, subscribe. And, you know, I'm going to tell you what the Honda salesman told me and give us five stars. (laughs) And we look forward to being with you all next time. No animals were harmed in the recording of this episode. But they were harmed. (laughs) At some point. At some point. But we didn't harm them today. Nope. Okay. Donuts is produced by DJ Oak Diggy and recorded at Orange Fuzz Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Shouty.